it's finally here, the new season, a matter of hours away, never mind days, and we're all very, very excited to be back. There's myself, Barry, Paul and Adam in the studio this evening. How are we doing, fellas? Very well, Yeah, thanks. good. How are you? Buzzing, I think. The word's how's buzzing. How's your knees? Oh, my knees are, are all right. Don't worry about me. Just let's sort them players' knees are fine. That's what we need, players with good knees. How good is it to be back, though? Not only to be back, but going to games. I think it's going to be more to a Wigan fan than any other fan in the country because every fan has missed the football and watching their team. You know, this time last year, we might not even have had a club. So I think for us, it's a double whammy, isn't it? It's so exciting to be back in the back in the ground. Probably not look forward to a season as much for a long, long time, really. So I'm really excited. Paul, uh, are you? Are you buzzing? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, just to echo and, and, and add to what Adam said, I, I think, you know, for me, the magic is as you walk up the steps from the concourse, look out onto the pitch, then go and take your seat. Some of the tops of those steps will be a bit dusty um, a week on Saturday, won't they? Um, there'll, be quite, there'll be quite a few fellas there with uh, dust in their eyes. We've got 46 games to look forward to, league games, plus the cup games as well. And I'm looking forward to an exciting season. Uh, whether it's going to finish in promotion or not, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really bothered. I'm just glad to, like Adam says, just to have a football team there and I'm glad to be back. It feels like we, we've shaken administration off our back and hopefully we're shaking COVID away as well and we can get back to some sort of normality and, and, and supporting the ticks. So first of all, we've got um, an announcement made today that we've brought in a player which wasn't unexpected, Jordan Jones from Rangers. It was muted that he was coming on loan, but he's actually signed a three-year deal for an undisclosed fee. Adam, what sort of a signing is Jordan Jones? Well, Jordan Jones is a very talented player. He came through at, he came through at Middlesbrough, with a, had a big reputation. Uh, he's done, I guess, most of his good work up in Scotland, particularly with... Kilmarnock, he had a really good season under Steve Clark when they finished third. And really, third is like top, isn't it, really, in Scotland? You know, so he, he basically, you know, fantastic season there. Got his move to Rangers, hasn't quite worked out for him there. Was on loan at Sunderland, so there's another Sunderland-Wigan connection. And his figures were decent last year in 20 games. He, he scored three goals and I think... Six assists, I think, something like that. So, from what I gather from uh, Sunderland fans, and we'll hear about this later, I'm, I'm sure, when we talk to a Sunderland fan, maybe flatters to deceive a little bit at times. Uh, he's a 27-year-old. He's not quite had a full season yet where he's consistently been good. But we've had a few like that at Wigan in the past, and I, th- I, and I think we can maybe tease it out of them. Probably his um, last opportunity, maybe. To, at a decent club to really make a name for himself consistently. But he seems to be the type of player that will suit Charlie White well. Uh, you know, lots of crosses into the box, a talented player. I think he's a good addition to the squad. Wide player as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, so I should have said that at the beginning, shouldn't I? Yeah, he's, a, he's an attacking winger. I guess really you'd probably say he's the... He's probably not an Otterbar type player. He's probably... Maybe more of a Michael Jacobs type player, I think. Paul, we've had another signing announced today. Not 
an incoming one, but somebody stepped up. He's uh, signed his first professional contract with us, James Carragher, the skipper of the under-18s from last season. Yeah, it's, it's good to see the lads that did the work and stepped up last season staying and, and getting the pro contracts and what have you. You're talking there about you know excited new wingers that we signed. I can't wait to watch Tello Asgard in the flesh and and Lange. They're, they're the two things I'm excited for most for the season. And they're, they're, you know, they're homegrown products. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Anyway, um, some other signings that's been made, and we've not spoke about them in our two previous specials that we've had, is the backroom staff. I mean, obviously, Liam Richardson's the head of that. But he's brought in three, well, two coaches and a new kit man. We've got James Beatty, the ex-England international Southampton striker. Uh, Rob Kelly, who's a massive name uh, in, in the leagues, knocking around, uh, coaching. And the former Accrington kit man, Naz Ali. Good signings, Adam. Yeah, I mean, I presume in Beatty's clearly going to work with the strikers. I mean, he's a top. Premier League strikers, you've just said he played for Everton, scored lots of goals for Southampton, consistently scored goals in the Premier League, and yeah, made a, a decent England career. It didn't quite work out for him as a manager, but that said, you know, he, he's, his coaching credentials are good. Uh, Rob Kelly, a lot of coaching experience. I think I'm right in saying, though, was he, was Rob Kelly, did he not have a managerial spell as well at Leicester? Briefly, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, you're right, though. He, he stepped into the breach, didn't he? I can't remember who after Rani Uri, I think. Yeah, 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 that's right. So, I mean, end of the day, you know, you've got somebody in your backroom staff who's managed the Premier League. I think at the time they were the current Premier League champions, and I think he managed them in Europe and he's in our backroom team. To be honest, I don't, I don't think. I don't think you can put better back into and and from what I've heard about the kit man, kit man I think is a lot about keeping the feel good vibe going, isn't it? Really, and uh, you know that keeping the the morale of the players up. And apparently, you know, he did a great job at Accrington. So, yeah, really good. And I presume, obviously, that means that the the likes of Peter Murphy and Gregory could back to what they do best, you know, in that academy where they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Paul, how important is it to have the right lieutenants, if you'd like, you know, when you're the general in charge of stuff, being backed up by the right people to, to get your ideas across? It's vital. It's absolutely vital because the mindset that the players take the pitch with is all all comes from those lieutenants. You know, you've, you've got your kit man there who's, you know, wash the socks and cheer everybody up. You've got your coaches who put the players out in the right mindset tactically. And then the right mental state as well. You know, is like if you're going into a good game, a hard game, you want players going into hard games thinking, actually, I'm good enough to do all right against this. You know, you don't want them going in frightened. And if you're going into what should be an easy win, you don't want them going in complacent. And that all comes from the backroom staff. So it's, you know, it's absolutely vital. Fantastic stuff. Also, <clears throat> the sponsors are flooding back as well. I mean, we've got new kit sponsors with Epic, who I pointed out, it's got pie in there, P-I-E. And then somebody else pointed out to me, it's also got IEC in there, which was a bit of a donor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, no! What's going on? But it's great that that uh, 
you know, we've, we've got a shirt sponsor. It looks, it complements the kit, I think. It looks really nice. We've also got the short sponsors with Terrace. So give them a big shout out as well. Uh, they're doing some really nice gear. The Black I've ordered one of the Black Black Tout t-shirts. I, th- I thought they looked superb. Big shout out to Terrace. Yeah, Kel Terrace. I don't think Kel, I don't think Terrace is his surname, but big shout out. But also uh, this week we've had the players sponsors presentation night, and one of our members was there representing the supporters club. And that was Adam. So it worked a little bit differently this year than usual, didn't it, Adam? Yeah, it was a very interesting evening. Uh, obviously, a, an honour to represent the supporters club at this, if you like, inaugural event because it was very different this year. Um, what happened was you you were given a well, you got two sheets. Basically, there was a number. Uh, the players were numbered one to seventeen. And then the sponsors were numbered one to 17 and it was just like a world cup draw. So what happened was if you draw the player out and the first name out of the heart, unbelievably was uh, Max Power. <laughs> you just think really couldn't, couldn't make it up really. Cause I guess he'd probably be one of the ones that most sponsors were after, but then the supporters club uh, were actually number two out of the heart. And uh, basically Tom Naylor was the supporters club uh, he's going to be sponsored by the Supporters Club this season, which I think is good. I think he's going to be a regular in the side, potential captain. Um, I'm not sure whether there's any news yet officially on who's going to captain or whether it's Jamie Jones is still there, so he's the club captain and we just need to name a team captain. Uh, but yeah, I think really, really good. I wish signed a football. Uh, there'll be a shirt of, as well. And um, for the Supporters Club, that's uh, all the members of the supporters club will go into a draw for a you know corporate hospitality with a chance to meet the player as well. So I think that's great, um, you know, to sort of you know benefits of being a member really. Yeah, so maybe not the goal scorer because the goal scorers apparently, which I didn't realise, when it comes across the um, scoreboard on the big screen. The name comes up and the sponsor comes up as well. So I don't think the supporters club will be mentioned that many times with uh, Tom Naylor, but who knows what, what might happen. You never know in a football season, you know, he might, uh, he might be a goal scoring defensive midfielder. <laughs> you never know, <laughs> but it was a good night. I, I like the idea presented, uh, hosted, I should say by Tommy Gore, uh, always good value, a uh, friend of the podcast, yeah, and he said he very much enjoyed his uh, his reminiscing about the great Wigan times on the podcast uh, a few a few weeks ago. So, yeah, anyone who's getting a lounge this year, make sure you go to the Tommy Gore Lounge because he'll be an excellent excellent. It's not called the Tommy Gore Lounge, <laughs> but if you not yet, him, not yet, not yet, yeah, we'll petition for it anyway. Okay, looking forward to the new season. Well, we said this right at the very start. How excited we all are, and 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 extremely giddy as well. So I thought I'd, I'd just have a look who were the, who were the favourites and, and what have you. I'm very surprised. Uh, I checked one of the odds sites out just before we've come on air. Not surprised with who the favourite is. Uh, the favourite number one position is Ipswich Town. I think most people with Paul Cook in charge, most people would agree with that, with Paul Cook being in charge, the number of, of signings that they've made as well. They've got a bit of money behind them. And they're six to one to win it. 
Sunderland second, Sheffield Wednesday third, Charlton in fourth, and were fifth favourites along with Pompey, both on 11 to 1. What did surprise me was Burton Albion way down the pecking order because I thought they had a, a really good, strong back end to the season last season. And we know Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's been here and done it before. 37 to 1, maybe worse than each way punt. With Wimbledon favourites for relegation along with Cambridge, Morecambe and Cheltenham. It, it, it absolutely just smacks of big club, doesn't it? You know, you, you look at the clubs at the top of that list and they're all what you would perceive to be big clubs and all the little clubs are at the bottom. Including yeah. us there, aren't you, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, realistically, you, you look on the last 20 years, in this company, we are a big club. No arguing with that. But then, you know, Ipswich, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, they're the three big, they're just purely the three biggest clubs in that division, particularly Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday. You've got Bolton at eighteen to one. I mean, I'm surprised they're as low as they are. They should be much further out than that. Just on the Sunderland one, I think that's an. I think Sunderland probably for the last. This is the fourth season now for Sunderland in League One. Probably been the favourites all of the season. This year they've dropped to second favourites. I think they lack squad depth. I think they've signed some quality players. Um, I mean Pritchard was an £11 million player a couple of years ago. Um, something's not quite gone right there with with uh, with him. Uh, Corey Evans, who, you know, for me, is a good quality championship player, uh, albeit, you know, he's 30 now. And then the one to watch out for, uh, for me, is Callum Doyle, who's a centre-back who's coming from Man City. He's only 17 but apparently he's uh, he's only on loan. But we know good academies, loan players coming in, you know, it can be a good signing. And from what the Sunderland fans are saying, he could be another East James type player at Sunderland. So I don't think they've signed enough players for me to have the depth to be one of the favourites. But I think they've signed enough quality to be a top six side. Well, talking of Sunderland... Raw on Saturday. We have a massive game. First game of the season. We're playing away at the Stadium of Light. We're, we're about 150 t- tickets short of selling out our complete all- allocation, which I, I presume will, will go before the game. So it's going to be a, a, a quite a raucous following from, from the Latics faithful. The referee for the game is Bobby Madley. We had twice last season. He refed us in the three-all draw away at Rochdale. And he also refed us in our last away game at Hull City when we lost to <laughs> them. Bobby Madley, not, not a bad ref, obviously, ex-Premier League. But I do remember him not giving us a penalty up at Hull when we should most definitely have had one. Previously, we've played Sunderland 23 times, won nine, drawn seven and lost seven. So we've Got a slight advantage there. Last season, we did the double over them. 0-1 up at their place and 2-1 down here. Who scored our goal up up at first quiz question of the new season? Who scored our winning away goal at Stadium of Light last season? Well, it was perfect for December because it was Murray and Joseph. Well done. Sunderland away on Saturday... Our team is brimming with ex-Sunderland players from last season, isn't it? I mean, 
over the years, they've been taking quite a few of our players. I mean, we can start ramming them off. Titus Bramble, Lee Catamol, Will Grigg, Max Power. This yeah. follower straight off the top of my head. So we've got we've got a few of their players now. The fact that we've got so many ex-Sunderland players in our squad, do you think that could have any bearing, not only on the result, but also the performance? You know, they want to go back and, and uh, prove some people wrong? Absolutely. Um, I think, um, for me, it's quite... It, the, the most interesting element of it is the fact that we're signing Sunderland players and multiple Sunderland players on... From mostly free transfers. So, you know, there you're looking at blokes that have got the choice of staying put. If, you know, if they've got a contract on the table with Sunderland that, that you know, may or may not quietly be withdrawn and disappear. But there's several of them that have chosen to come to Latics. And I think <clears throat> Sunderland is, particularly at this level where the supporters do not believe Sunderland should be a League One side. You know, Sunderland should be at least a championship side, if not a premiership side. And I think that can sometimes create a, a, a very intense atmosphere, let me say. I won't, go, I won't go so far as to say toxic, although it, you know, <laughs> it is at times. And I think it'd be very interesting to see how the Sunderland players play in a Latic shirt with a, you know, a far more supportive fan base than, than the Sunderland fan base would be. Because um, mm. they'd be on the backs up there, whereas here I think they'd be they've they've got the backs, not on the backs, and I think there'll be plenty of shit housing to be done with Sunderland fans if we do better than them. Right. Well, we off the back so. of that, Liam Richardson's got a really tough job with his team selection. Uh, there's quite a few players shone in, in in the friendlies. Obviously, he sees them in training day today, knows them a little bit better. But uh, I, it, it's something I wouldn't like to do to pick to pick a starting eleven out of the crop of players we have. Adam, how do you think he's going to go? Right. So the first one I think has caused debate, but I think goalkeeper for me would be Ben Amos. I think right full back picks itself at the moment because we haven't got a lot of cover there. Tendai Dariqua, centre backs. It's a tough one, really, because Long's played there all through pre-season, so I think he's going to have to go with uh, Long and Watmore. Left-back, Tom Pierce, which is a bit of a shame for Robinson, but I think Pierce is the first choice. I then think we'll go two holding midfielders, say holding midfielders stroke, not attacking, because I think they can do more than hold, which I think will be Tom Naylor and Max Power. I then think that... Will Keane will play in a advanced position uh, in the midfield. Charlie White will play up front. On the left side will be Edwards and on the right side will be Callum Lang. And then we'll have lots of options from the bench. Um, Humphreys, Jones, the new signing. You know, I think we've got some good players. Massey on the bench. Uh, so I think I think that's how, how we might line up. Um I suspect that I'll I'll be at least two or three players wrong, but I don't know what what you think about that, Barry. For me, I I can't say you can leave Stevie Humphries out. He's had a fantastic pre-season. I know it's difficult. Well, Edwards is coming out, and and I absolutely agree with Barry. I think Humphries should play in place of Edwards. (laughs) Have we spoken with an away fan this week? Yes, we've got a Sunderland fan. He's making his second appearance on the show, and he's from... 
uh, What the Folk podcast. So I've got Graham Falk here from What the Folk podcast, Sunderland podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Graham? Yeah, very well. It feels nice to be like excited for. Well, I wouldn't say I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to get back into a stadium and, and watch football. Um, it feels like it's been probably too long since something disappointed me properly. <laughs> so on on that matter, then how, how obviously missed out in the playoffs again. So I guess again the aim is going to be for promotion. How's the preseason gone? Are you, are you happy with the incomings and outgoings? It's a weird one, really, because if you talk about the games themselves, um, didn't play very well against York and drew 1-1 with York. Drew against Spennymoor 2-2 right at the start of pre-season. But then we beat Hart, we beat Harrogate 4-0 and we beat Hull 2-1 and we actually played really well. Um, It's hard to to get an idea of what's going on in pre-season, really, because it literally is that. It's pre-season. It's about fitness and stuff like that. And you've I've seen teams win all the preseason games and lose the first three league games. But yeah, in terms of performance, I've been quite happy. I've actually enjoyed the games. I've I watched I watched the full Harrogate game because that was one on the Saturday. I had tickets for it, but then that one got suspended because of well, not suspended. The fans couldn't go, and it went oh, it was just mad. Is the shorter version of it. Um, so I sat and watched that. I was at the Hearts game. Um, thankfully, my my actual job of working up here in Scotland worked me in that favour. Worked for the end Evening News, so I got to see that game. Thankfully, and had to pretend I was not supporting Sunderland, which was difficult. I've got to be honest. Um, played well then, but then if you look at the the incomings, the players we brought in, I'm happy with, but we've got no fullbacks. We literally have no fullbacks. Um, I would have, I think, when the season ended. And I'm sure we'll come on to it. I was quite happy or content with the players that left. Wasn't that bothered. Um, probably wanted to keep McGeady and O'Neill. Those two have stayed. Denver Hume, I could kind of take or leave. His contract situation is still completely up in the air with less than a week to go at the start of the season. Um, but I suppose that was on the premise that we would bring in six or seven real quality players. And we've brought in a decent amount of quality. The lad we brought in at centre-back, Colin Doyle, is... He just looks superb. He's 17, but like I'd be very surprised if he's not playing for England by the time he's 21, 22. He's, he looks that good. Um, I think Corey Evans has been announced as the captain today. He's obviously played at a higher level. I'm not enthused by his signing, but when do you ever get enthused about a defensive midfielder signing? Um, not often. And then outside of that, obviously we've got McGeady signed up again. And and Luke O'Nine signed up again, but it's just weird to be going into the season with literally no fallbacks. Um, and then I even forgot about the first signing we made, uh, Pritchard. We brought in Alex Pritchard from Huddersfield, who was worth eleven million, I think, a few years ago when he went to I think he went to Huddersfield to Norwich. He's had COVID. He's not played a game in preseason, so I haven't got a clue what he's like. Um, I would say the general consensus for Sunderland fans is were. We're happy with the three boys we brought in. We're horrendously concerned at how weak the squad looks, but then bizarrely, we've looked good when we've played in preseason. So, in a, in a sense, then, in terms of those fullback positions, um, what are Sunderland likely to do? It's literally going to be midfielders. Um, last season, we had Max filled in at right back, but we had Luke Nine can fill in at right back. But I think the premise of him signing a new contract was that he was going to get a chance in midfield, which I'm totally fine with. Um, I've liked him every time I've seen him in midfield. I'm not sold on him as a right back. 
Um, but then again, it, it kind of feels like at the detriment of the team that we're playing called Winchester at right back at the moment, who's actually been all right in pre-season, but I'm not sure I'm convinced on him as a midfielder yet. So I don't know about him as a right back. And then really sadly, he's been playing Dan Neal, who's a, a good young academy product that's played sporadically the past couple of seasons. And I think a lot of people would like to see him in midfield because he's he's just fearless in that sense, like sometimes like 20, 21-year-olds are. And he's been kind of shunted in left back and he's he's not a left back. Um, from what I've seen, he's just not a left back and it's, it's hard to... It's hard to criticise him for anything because he's just that's not where he plays. There's a possibility Tom Flanagan could play at left back, but um, I'm sure he's a lovely lad, Tom Flanagan, but I'd rather he wasn't near the team in any position, to be honest. Um, I just he just doesn't fill me with confidence as the, as the God's honest truth. But he, he came to us, I think, as a full back that could play at centre back or a centre back that could play at full back. So I think we'll probably see. If no signings are made, call Winchester at right back, which is a bit bizarre. But then he scored at Harrogate from right back position. So what do I know? Um, and then left back, I think you'll see Dan Neal or you'll see Tom Flanagan. But the truth is, we literally have no right backs or left backs. There's zero specialist full backs in the squad. Um, I think Speakman, who is our recruitment um, head of recruitment, he came out and said he'd rather sign. The right players, just in any players, which I agree with, but then with six weeks in a transfer window, you've got to kind of wonder where these targets are. Um, if they're not in the club or close to the sign of the club, why is that? What's not right with the model? So a lot of questions being asked, um, which is just typical something for one of those makeshift right-backs or left-backs to go into the season on Saturday, have a really, really good game, and suddenly people go, it's called Winchester, the right-back we needed all along, um, like we did with Luke O'Neill a couple of years ago, and then kept them there for two years. Uh but yeah, we have we have no fullbacks. But you can win you can win the league one with no fullbacks. I'm keep telling myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh so just on that point uh that you made earlier, obviously you said there's it's lacking depth at the moment. So with that in mind, just maybe 30 seconds really on the three players who signed uh for Wigan, um Max Power, Charlie White, and obviously today Jordan Jones who you had on loan last last season. Um, Max Power's really majority is well liked um, at Sunderland as a person. I think most people don't really rate him as a player. He kind of flattered to deceive. And when he came, he came off the bat of two promotions with Wigan, which I'm sure you remember. Um, my abide memory of Max Power, and I think everyone's will be his last touch as a Sunderland player, was the 93rd minute against Lincoln City. He had a chance, well, he had the ball 40 yards out. All he had to do was dink it in, give us one last chance, and he put it over the bar. Um, he shot from 40 yards you could hear him saying Gerard in his head as he did it um, I have no dislike of Max Power as a person at all I never really thought he did anything for Sunderland I think he flattered to deceive Charlie White's a funny one because you look at it and you think 31 goals like why are Sunderland fans happy to see him go but I think that sums up how a lot of Sunderland fans feel about Charlie White if you told me he'd score 31 goals after like at the start of last season, I would have literally like laughed my head off because that was just never going to happen. He never looked like he was going to get more than five. And then Aidan McGeady just learned how to feed him and he grew in confidence and he, he scored a lot of goals. Um, but if his, if the, I would have liked to keep Charlie White as part of the squad. I probably prefer Ross Stewart, maybe not individually, but what he brings to the squad, he runs the channels a little bit better from what I've seen. Charlie White's a little bit statuesque. And if £10,000 per week is the going rate for Charlie White, I'm quite happy we didn't keep hold of him. Um, 
As for Jordan Jones, I can guarantee you in the first three or four weeks, you'll absolutely love him. You'll think he's the best player in League One and you'll think, wow, we've got an absolute gem here. Then for the remaining seven weeks, you'll realise he's gone missing. Um, and I'm lucky in the sense I've watched Jordan Jones as a, a Rangers fan, which I am up here living in Glasgow for people to give them context. Um, and obviously he's a Sunderland fan, so I've watched him quite consistently for two and a half years. On his days, absolutely brilliant. Really exciting, typical fast-paced winger, bag of tricks. But then if your backs are against the wall, I don't think it's a bad personality and attitude problem which some people attribute to. I just don't think he's that kind of player. He's just a typical winner, winger. Sorry. Um, he'll go missing sometimes and sometimes he'll be the best player in the park. Uh, and that's Jordan Jones in a nutshell. And I think at the age of 27, 28, that's not going to change in him. So very, very quickly leading into the game on Saturday, uh, two predictions. Prediction one, what do you think the crowd will be? And prediction two, what do you think the score will be? I think the um, the crowd's a funny one because I think as far as I'm aware, everyone that's got season tickets going, um, there's no restrictions. It's a bit weird because living in Scotland, things are a bit different here. Um, but I, I go down to England almost every other week, uh, the north of England. I think if there's no restrictions on it, I don't see why we can't get 25,000, 30,000 in. But... Um, you just never know. I think people are just a bit unsure. Like we still haven't got tickets for the away games at MK Dons in, in a week's time. We don't really know what's going on with it. But I think I think we'd easily get thirty thousand in. Um, whether COVID will affect that, what would have maybe normally been thirty five thousand. I think to be honest, I don't know. Prediction wise, it's a difficult one because your your head as a Sunderland fan says, well, Max Power's going to score that forty yard shot that he missed for Lincoln. Uh, Jordan Jones is going to terrorise our non-existent fullbacks, and Charlie Wegg is going to score a hat-trick. But I got a bit of stick for this year. I do a little bit of stuff with a third-tier pod, and I think a lot of people predicted Wigan to be there or thereabouts automatic promotion. But I think if Sunderland had signed Max Power, Jordan Jones and Charlie Wegg, I wouldn't feel like we were going to get promoted. And I know you've bought more than that. Um, you're obviously a good side, but being at home, it's looked right in pre-season, Embleton's back, McGeady should be fit. I think it's it's nailed on to be a draw, isn't it? 1-1. One, one. We like starting our season more 1-1. One, one. So I think a nailed on draw with Max Power scoring in about the 85th minute. Um, and Will Griggs scoring for us just for shits and giggles. Oh, very interesting. It was. Uh, and yeah, he doesn't seem very complimentary about the players that, <laughs> that have left Sunderland. Um, but it's a typical... Typical fan, isn't it? A lot of the time when players leave, they suddenly become rubbish. It's uh, been an absolute feature, hasn't it, of Sunderland fans this summer? Yeah. I mean, he is a journalist as well, so I'll give him a bit of credit. And the you know the insight that I thought about them having no fullbacks and basically they'll be playing centre midfielders at right back and left back unless they sign someone in the next few days, I think was quite interesting. Uh, especially because we've got some good attacking options out wide. Interesting viewpoints there from Sunderland. Do you remember that game that we played where we had to put midfielders in at left-back and right-back against top attacking talent? I, I'm, I'm trying to think what the score was. It was, it, it was final. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, who, who, would, who would ever think that Roger Espinosa and Jens McArthur would, would play wing-backs? <laughs> the FA Cup. Yeah, to, to great effect, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, are we having some predictions then for our opening game of the season? Start with you, Paul, if you don't mind. Oh, I'll, I'll go with 1-0. We've won all the pre-seasons. Um, 
So I'll just keep it nice and low key with a one nil. Adam, uh, we, we like we've we've had it a couple of times before at Sunderland. We like a two one, so I'm going to go for a two one. I'm I'm quite optimistic with you, uh, so I'm going to go for a one apiece. Tough game, but we'll get a point. That's the uh, the same as our Sunderland friends prediction. Just before we finish, quick mention about uh, Latics in Cup action on Tuesday. Travelling over to, I was going to say Boothbury Park, but that's long gone. We're travelling over to the uh, KC and the Sunshine, Sunshine Band Stadium. That's the way I like it. Is there a ref? No, there's no ref. We're going to play without a ref that night. The manager's going to do the toss-up. Um, we're going to see what happens after that. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe Grant McCann will do the first... Is he called Grant? Yeah, it's Grant McCann will do the first half and Richardson the second half. Yeah. Jumpers for goalposts as well, I believe. So anyway. yeah, I'll, be line, I'll be linesman. Well, it's it's a pleasure being back and uh, it's been a long ta- a long way. It's felt like a long summer, but we're back now. Uh, really looking forward to getting into the season and seeing what what the season does bring. Be great uh, at the Rotherham game. We'll talk about that next week, but uh, Talal should be there and we'll, we can all give him a round of applause in, in thanking him for his uh, rescue of our club. On that note, up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks, we're back. <laughs> <laughs>